Make sure that you're visiting with your insurance agent at least once a year. I recommend like twice a year. Just do a review with them because there's oftentimes new discounts and things that are coming into play, new coverages that maybe you didn't, you know, think that you needed. Hi, my name is Beth Anderson Filson, and my law firm is Anderson Law PC. We do divorce, custody, probate, elder law, estate planning, all sorts of law. And one thing that's common in many of our cases is that a family has changed form. Maybe there was a divorce or a breakup. Maybe someone passed away. But the way I see it, families always change form, but they're still families. And I'd like you to see it as you're not just breaking up, you're breaking upward. And so today we have the scintillating issue of insurance. And I know everyone always thinks of Groundhog Day, that guy that's trying to sell insurance. And um, I looked into being in the insurance industry. You probably don't know that a little bit. And then I ended up going back to law. And um, so I have Melissa Dalman Babers. She's not only amazing about insurance, but she's one of my favorite people. Both of us are from kind of farm country. She's from Minnesota. I'm from South Dakota. And we just have a lot of similarity in our backgrounds. And as a young driver, the insurance agent in her town was so impressive that Melissa followed her footsteps into insurance. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, it was a lady by the name of Kathy um, that took the time to explain auto insurance to me when I was 14 years old. And that really made an impact on on my life and kind of propelled me in this direction to help others understand insurance. That's another thing we have in common that we were driving when we were 14 years old. And I don't know about you, but I was allowed to drive by myself when I was 14 years me of age. Me too. I had yeah. a job, a checkbook. I thought I was grown up. It's a whole different world. It than... is. Farm country. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's great. And... Um, just in terms of contact information for me, um, my cell phone is 303-808-4794, and I'm going to give Melissa's contact information in the show notes and at the end, and I just want to roll right into it because one thing I didn't realize is a lot of people don't know anything about insurance and how it weighs into these cases. So if you can just give a little bit of overview about different types of insurance. Yes, yes, absolutely. So the standard types of insurance that you think about are homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance, if you're renting a place, auto insurance, and then there's all the ancillary products. So motorcycle, boat, RV, um, that kind of insurance, as well as business insurance and life insurance. Yep, it's it's just seems like it's always something with insurance and but it's our friend when we need it. And then the way it impacts divorce, it just comes up all the time. And the same for probate. So some of the things we wanted to talk about are if you're going through a divorce, um, tell us a little bit about contact information and updates. So as people are going through a divorce, I have found um, in my 20 plus years of working in insurance that um, oftentimes insurance is not something that people think about as part of the divorce, um, but it is very important as you're going through that process to make sure that you're also separating your insurance policies. So if you're separating from that individual, you also need to keep in mind separating homeowner's insurance, 
renter's insurance, auto insurance. So for example, let's say that um, both the husband and wife uh, are listed as the named insureds or owners on the home. Well, if we have a policy that is written in both of their names on their insurance policy, um, and something happens, a claim, for example, let's say there's a hail damage claim to the home. If the home is going to be primarily in the name of, let's say, the husband and not the wife, if they haven't separated those names and listed the named insured as just the husband on the policy, what would happen is if there's a claim, the claims check gets made out to both of the name, whoever is the named insured on the home. And so it can get into a really sticky situation when there's a husband and a wife both listed on there. Yeah, I've had that come up. So that's after the divorce is final, then you break up all the insurance and make sure you change all your designations. And we'll get into that. During the divorce, you have to keep your spouse on your insurance. It's called an automatic injunction. And that's the court telling you you can't do something. So I just actually got a call today. Oh, can my partner, my husband take me off insurance during the divorce? No, they. you have to keep them on. Now, if it's up for renewal, like if it's open enrollment and you're, oh, I wanna change a little tweak because it's so expensive now, that's probably okay as long as it's reasonable. But you don't get to just say, Oh, I took, I stopped your car insurance. I stopped your, I took you off my life insurance during the divorce, not usually. So that's the injunction. But then when it's done, make those changes because it's the worst if you are taking the house and you had the roof fixed or something and then the check goes out to your ex, maybe even a couple of years later. So thanks for reminding us of that. And then tell us a little bit about beneficiaries on life insurance after you're divorced, what would you want to do about that? Say you have your ex-spouse on your life insurance as a beneficiary. A lot of people miss this in, in, in a divorce situation. So we write life insurance for the husband, the wife is, you know, the beneficiary, vice versa. We write a life insurance policy for the wife and the husband's the beneficiary. The divorce goes through, everything is all separated, the home, the auto, all of you know their property, um, and they somehow forget to change the beneficiary on their life insurance. So I have gotten calls over the years from um, someone that had gotten a divorce, remarried, then passed away, and now the new spouse is calling about, well, you know, where's the life insurance proceeds? And those proceeds are actually going to the ex-spouse. I've seen that too, and I'm very careful about it in my cases. And in fact, if you have Anderson Law PC do your estate plan, like your will and all that, our letter says, change your designations. You don't want your ex as a beneficiary of your life insurance. It's such a nightmare. Yeah. And it went to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. It's very rare for an estate planning case to go to the Supreme Court of the United States. But it was years ago, there was a divorce. The man who passed away left his ex-wife on his life insurance as a beneficiary and on all his investments. And so the kids took it to court and said, well, in the will, it says us and it's Arissa. That is the retirement law. And they said, 
federal laws, the supreme law of the land. So ERISA overrules, you don't get to change it in terms of your retirement accounts. It's going to go to your ex-wife, and she was still alive in that situation. I've seen where the ex even passes away, and then the kids of the ex get it, and their own kids don't. So I just harp on it a lot because I don't want to see that. It's so horrible when that happens, but it's a contract. So Mm -hmm. you don't get to change it with your will. It's very interesting. It is. Um, Now, there's something we have in Colorado called maintenance. A more common name is alimony, but in Colorado we call it maintenance. And so life insurance, usually someone is expected to have life insurance to cover the unpaid maintenance because it ends when the person paying it dies and so they'll have life insurance for the rest of it so if they die the other party can still get it that's pretty common i've seen it go both ways if the judge makes you do that and then melissa you just talked about um for children life insurance and divorce can you explain about that yes i have had situations where um ex-spouses are required to carry and keep life insurance when they have children together until those children are graduated or are adults um, at age 18. So it's just to ensure that if something happens to either one of them and the other is going to be responsible for that child, that they're going to have funds available to raise the child for the rest of those years until they're out of the household. I haven't routinely done that, but I really like that idea. So I might be suggesting it to my clients going forward that it's a good idea. It's a good idea if you can get the other side to agree to it, why not? I mean, I've definitely had clients where they both have life insurance, but I haven't said to them, hey, have you thought about what happens to your kids if the higher breadwinner isn't around? And it can get a little tricky in that situation because, again, now you're listing the ex-spouse as the beneficiary. Oh, see, in my cases, the kids were the beneficiary. Or a trust. That's a really good time to have a trust because you could have the trust be the beneficiary of the life insurance proceeds. And then your ex doesn't get to control how it's spent. Yes, because that's where it can get tricky when do you trust your ex-spouse to really use that money for the children? I would really (laughs) recommend to put it in a trust because I've had a few clients. I never talk about a specific case because I don't want someone to think they got called out in this um, podcast or in any podcast in terms of them being a client. I've had many cases where the trust is the beneficiary of everything, including the life insurance policy. And I've also had cases where in a divorce, someone insisted on having their ex be the beneficiary of their life insurance or even under their will. and. 100% have come back and changed it (laughs) later. They're like, wait a minute, now they're married to this person and they have kids. And so I highly recommend having a trust to oversee it. And I've had that happen since we do both divorce and probate. I've had that happen where someone passes away and then their child maybe predeceased them or they have children and then their ex is overseeing how that money gets spent. And it's your money that you had your whole life or even your grandchildren, they're they're maybe the parent who's not your child is controlling it. That happens more than you'd think. So maybe I'm, you know, a senior citizen. I have a child who passed away. I don't have a trust. 
then I pass away, my grandchildren, their parent controls all my money that I left to my grandchildren, which is not usually what you want. I have a lot of customers that um, want to list their underage um, children as their beneficiaries. And what we can do is we can put a beneficiary designation on there so that if they're under the age of 18, they're just not going to get a cash lump How does payment. it work? I didn't know about that. So how does that work? So we can list somebody on the actual life insurance policy. What, what, what I recommend for those mm -hmm. customers is that they do go out and get some sort of a trust or a will mm -hmm. where they specifically list somebody that they trust. That's my question is... Is this person that you want this money to go to, will they be responsible and trustworthy to give it to your children? Yeah, 100%. It's the person you pick that's going to define everything else. Because if they're shady or they're not the right person, it doesn't matter what you write. And if they're a great person, they're going to do the right thing. Yep, and that's and, why it's really important to have that that trust. Yeah, and then you know? we even do language like a reasonably priced car, a home, health care, education, moving for a job, wedding. These are things you want your kids to spend the life insurance proceeds achieving, not just going out and driving a Maserati into the ditch or the 420 industry or crazy parties. I can't tell you how many people just blow through money that they inherit or get from a life insurance policy within three years is the standard amount of time. I was going to say that. I heard of an example, I think it was in Washington state, of um, someone that had gotten, I want to say it was either 500000 or a million, and within six months it was all gone. Oh yeah, it happens because <laughs> they don't know how to manage money. And I've had multiple people tell me, I inherited a lot of money when I was very young and I don't want that to happen to my kids. And that includes life insurance proceeds. Mm -hmm. They could be hundreds of thousands of dollars and little kids or even people in their early 20s might not know how to manage it. I think 25 is a good cutoff or 30 to say, okay, now you get this money to do however you want. But when you're really young, even though you're an adult, it might be too much to entrust to a young adult. Is that something you can write into an estate plan? I always do, yeah. Okay. If they have kids in that age, we um, have, it's called a residuary trust and it springs into being when you pass away. It's very affordable, so you don't have to have the expensive awesome. trust like a revocable living trust. It's just a section in your will. And yes, it's very, very common. I highly recommend it, especially with people who are divorced. Great. Yeah, 100%. That's one of our biggest products. And that's probably the number one um, demographic for people that want to get their wills with us is a blended family or someone who's divorced mm -hmm. and they don't want their ex controlling everything that they're leaving behind. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So yeah, I already am learning more today that even though we prepared, I didn't know before, so that's great. And then we talked about an islet when we talked previously, and that's a life insurance trust. Sometimes, like especially if you're of means, you might want to have a trust where the life insurance policies go, and then maybe they can pay your taxes, your estate and gift taxes if you're very wealthy. So that's another insurance-type trust. And, um, yeah, I think we went over a lot of things to do after divorce for insurance. Do you have any other things that are coming to mind, or did we cover um, it? Well, in in regards to auto insurance, and this is more of an educational piece, is um, auto insurance requires that if there are multiple people living in one household, 
that all of those individuals need to be listed on an auto insurance policy, whether it's as an operator on the policy, meaning they drive, or a non-operator on the policy, meaning they may have their own vehicle um, and their own insurance separate from the household, you know, primary member. So when it comes to divorce situations, uh, let's say two divorced people are still living in the home where they haven't decided, you know, who's going to move out, who's going to stay, are they going to sell the house, are they going to, you know, split the proceeds from that sale, what are they going to do? So if you have two divorced people living in a in a home, they can have separate auto insurance policies, one for each of their vehicles. But in that case, we would just list the other one um, as a non-operator on the spouse's policy. And there's more of that going on. A lot of people are still living together after their divorce and even during their divorce. Believe it or not, years ago, I used to say, well, you have to not live together during the divorce because I saw some bad things happen like domestic violence or someone was using drugs or maybe had a bad result from that and it just got really wonky so I was, don't do that but no in Colorado right now <laughs> I would say most people they live together during the divorce and even sometimes after because where are they going to go right. it's so expensive right right and then refinancing the house is a whole thing so yeah. we have different products for that at my firm just to try to get it so that the judge will sign off on it, but you don't have to immediately try to refinance the house at high interest rates. And so what's that mean? Living together. Mm-hmm. And it's just an interesting time. So so the wife has her own auto policy, auto insurance policy on her car, and the husband would be listed, or the ex-husband would be listed as a non-operator on her policy, and then vice versa, The husband would have his own auto insurance policy, but the wife would be listed as a non-operator because she has her own. So that's how you kind of separate it. Or you said they could even be excluded. Like you could say, I don't even want them driving my car. (laughs) Yeah, so um, exclusions are typically more for people that have a high-risk record. Oh, interesting. Such as like they have several multiple accidents or maybe they have a DUI or reckless or careless driving on their record. Um, then if they're living in the same household, they can, the spouse, the ex-spouse can still exclude them as a driver on their policy rather than them being a non-operator. Gotcha. Because the risk is there's two people living in the same household. There's a possibility that they could potentially get the keys and drive that other person's vehicle. Yeah, for sure. And I've seen about everything except what I haven't seen yet, so it wouldn't (laughs) shock me. And then another thing that comes up in divorce or probate is when someone owns a business, they have all sorts of insurance, right? They're going to have their directors and officers liability insurance. For me, we have malpractice insurance. How's that work? I think there's something like a key person insurance sometimes where that member of the company is just so important. So tell me a little bit about those types 
of insurance and how they play into divorce, for example, or probate? Yeah, so typically in a business situation, if it's a husband and wife, or there might be other partners in the business, mm-hmm. um, if there's a divorce situation, obviously it's your your deal on how do we split up this business? You know, is the husband going to take ownership? Does the wife sell her share in the business? Mm-hmm. Um that leads to do do we have to rewrite the business insurance policy? Is it a name change? You know, mm-hmm. do we need to get the ex-spouse off of there as a principal owner or a part part-time owner? The key person insurance is in in short, it's life insurance for all of the partners in a business. So for example, in the case that there's four partners, let's say it's two two husbands and two wives and um, one of those couples gets divorced, well, um, they want to sell that ownership in that business. Well, the key person insurance is a life insurance policy if that partner in the business um, happens to pass away. Then the business as, as a whole gets the proceeds from that life insurance policy. So it's kind of like on a trust, you know, you list the beneficiaries, the trust, Mm -hmm. then the life insurance proceeds go to the trust. It would be listing the business as the beneficiary. Yeah, I even had cases when I was doing commercial litigation that were like tens of millions of dollars. Like this person is the company and yes, it's just really interesting. I, I guess it's a compliment that they need that much insurance to replace them, but. Yeah, but again, if you don't remove that person after a divorce off of, as the owner of the business or a principal yeah. on the business, then if the business sells or they decide to sell, then they're going to have to go back to that ex-spouse and be like, well, here's your proceeds because yeah. you're still listed as an owner. Oh, my gosh. That would be a nightmare. <laughs> That's so bad. That would be such a clerical error. <laughs> Another thing that comes up a lot in divorce is about health insurance. So how does that work? Do you know? Or- health insurance. I So I'm licensed to, uh, to sell health insurance, but it is not something that I typically get involved yeah. with. Um, I did actually just have a, a meeting earlier today with the health insurance broker. Oh, interesting. And learned a lot about health insurance and the industry and how things are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in my own example, I have health insurance through my husband's job. Mm-hmm. So if we were to get divorced, I would be on my own to mm-hmm. try to find health insurance. Yeah, yeah, and, that happens. And, and in divorce, then that person has to go get their own health insurance. And a really common thing in divorce is, hey, I have all these medical expenses coming up. Please prolong my divorce date until I take care of them. Yes. It's been a game changer in some of my divorces where they're just, I have some huge medical expenses and I do not want to be divorced until that's done because you are not necessarily covered once that policy terminates and your spouse does not have an obligation to cover you. Not only that, if it's through your employment or any other way, the insurance provider or the employer has the right to say, I'm not gonna cover you. I'm not paying your insurance and I'm not paying for your spouse anymore. It's not your call. Yeah. So it's such a big deal. And some people even want to get a legal separation because they think, oh, then we're still technically married. So I get 
the health insurance. Not necessarily a lot of employers and insurance providers say, we won't cover you if you're um, legally separated, we don't care. And then a new thing I've seen a lot is there's common law marriage in Colorado, which means you could just be married based on a bundle of facts, even though you didn't have a marriage ceremony. Mm -hmm. And you didn't have a marriage license, yeah. but you're common law married. So now I've seen it where people have to fill out an affidavit that they're common law married in order to get the health insurance from their partner, even divorce people. And I have to tell them, common law married's married. If you sign that affidavit, you're married. You got a divorce. Now you have to go through the whole thing again. If you yeah. want to break up, you're married. And Or just people who live together, they'll say, I want to sign this, but I don't want to be married. And I have to tell them, I think it's pretty strong evidence that maybe you are married. So if one of you later wants to say, I should get the alimony, or we call it maintenance, as I mentioned, or I want to get half the house, this is a piece of evidence that's pretty clear that you thought you were married. Yeah. So it's such a big deal. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of things that people don't think about. Yeah, so. and think about if you have, maybe you have a, a surgery scheduled to mm -hmm. come up. You know? Yeah, for sure. That and, happens all the time. And They'll you're wait. like, no, I, I don't want it. You know, I yeah. want to be on the health insurance, yeah. you know, so it'll cover yeah. my surgery. For sure. That happens more than you'd think. And I've had a couple cases where someone had cancer and they were legally separated and um, the insurance covered that person as they went through their cancer treatments. I've seen it happen now and then, but it's pretty rare. And again, it's up to the insurance provider, not the court, mm -hmm. not us, not you. So again, it's... And it's, I... I do know that um, there are a lot of health insurance carriers pulling out of the state of Colorado currently. Oh, really? Why? Do you know? I, I really don't know. I don't know if it's they can't earn enough premium or make enough premiums to cover the cost of all these this medical care. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, That's interesting, but... Friday oh. health plans just um, exited or is on their way out. Wow. Friday yeah. was a pretty big health insurance provider. Yeah, we had Bright Health and they got rid of it. So we mm -hmm. had to switch to a new provider yeah. at my law firm. I remember that they pulled yeah. out. So um, that brings me to what are some big changes in insurance that you're seeing of late? Yes, there are some big industry changes, not just in Colorado, but nationwide. Uh -huh. um, there Again, there's a lot of property and casualty insurance and life insurance providers that are pulling out of the state altogether. And the primary reason for that, like I said, I don't really know for sure of on the health insurance side of, of things, but they just cannot collect enough money for the massive amount of claims that are being paid out. I think I heard, uh, I might not have the numbers exactly correct but it's like for every dollar of premium that the insurance company collects they're paying out a dollar and 50 cents in claims i well, find that so hard to believe because i feel like i never get that much coverage we have such I'm, a big deductible and all that yes but, so yeah. that's that's how things are changing um especially with homeowners insurance uh-huh is um they are now insurance providers are now putting the part of the risk back on consumers yeah. and they're saying you know we can't keep up with you know you have a thousand dollar deductible we can't keep out with paying you know 30 40 50 grand for an insurance claim i can see it for homeowners because of hail and fire 
I just was surprised with health insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not sure about know. the health insurance, oh, okay. but um, for home and for auto, um, I mean, I think I also heard that Colorado's the number one theft for autos um, in the country. What? Right now. <laughs> Oh, no. And so... That's so weird because I even had the club when I lived in Brooklyn because it was like, you just assume someone's going to try yeah. and steal your car. And yeah. I never feel that way here. Yeah. And and auto body shops are forced to raise their pricing. So if uh-huh. you're in an auto accident, the insurance carrier is going to pay more for a claim because the cost to repair the vehicle is higher. It's just a, a cyclical thing. Yeah. It's just getting expensive um, here too. I know that. So so putting more of the risk back on, on customers or consumers is forcing them then to have a higher skin in, skin in the game. Yeah, um, they're not going to be happy about that. So a higher yeah. deductible, you know, yeah. they're going to have to pay more out of pocket for a claim. Maybe not as much on their insurance premiums, but for, for claims. a claim. Yeah, a higher deductible. Mm-hmm. And I do know um, for health insurance that an HSA health savings account is such a great investing tool. And so that's going to get even more important because it's got that triple tax benefit. You don't pay tax when you put money in it. You don't pay tax on the growth. And you don't have to pay tax when you take it out. Awesome. So I would say look into that. I'm not an investment (laughs) advisor. I'm quite the opposite. But that's the one thing that I noticed that um, you can do. And you can even put those into um, investment vehicles Mm -hmm. where you get a little bit better of a return and some risky vehicles because you don't have to worry about the capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. So that's something that doesn't really have that much to do with insurance, but I guess might become really important if our deductibles are going up. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, you heard it here first. And then now that we kind of covered a lot of insurance, do you have any final words about insurance that you want to put out there? Um, Yeah. So insurance, a lot of people think of insurance as like, oh my gosh, I hate insurance because (laughs) I have to have it. They require me to have it. And I know very little about it. And I feel like I pay so much for insurance. Mm -hmm. Well, this is just a plug. So whoever you have your insurance with, make sure that you're visiting with your um, insurance agent at least once a year. I recommend like twice a year. Just do a review with them because there's oftentimes new discounts and things that are coming into play, new coverages that maybe you didn't, you know, think that you needed, but it was explained to you by or your the, insurance yeah, agent. Yeah, or the value of what you insured mm-hmm. has gone up, like your house yes. or your designations may be out of date or even your contact information. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about how that's mission critical. Yeah, especially during notices. life changes. I mean, yeah, you have 100%. a new baby or you get married or you get divorced or you're separated or you're moving to a different state. I mean, right. there's so many different items in life that uh, really necessitate the need to review your insurance. Yeah, and it probably doesn't cost you anything to just review no, it. not at all. You have not an agent all. for a reason, so take advantage, I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes good sense. And also just like when people are doing upgrades now, they don't want to sell, so they're adding all these great things to their home. Well, is that going to be covered with their current exactly. homeowner's insurance? Yes. So It's very, very critical that you do that review. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I and I make insurance fun, so yeah, you don't have to be yeah, mad right about on. it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You, yeah, because you're pleasant to deal with. Well, and another thing I just thought of this is pet insurance. I know mm-hmm. my son adopted a cat, and then he got pet insurance before he even mm-hmm. went and picked it up. So, do you know anything about that? I I know a little bit about it. Um, interesting enough, is several years ago we got a at American Family we got a new auto policy. And in this auto policy, there was pet insurance coverage included in our auto insurance policy. Interesting. And not so much as maybe what you're thinking of is like, oh, my pet has a critical illness. Yeah, this is for like vet bills and stuff. And those are are, um, things that are available, I think, you know, through... A lot of the pet stores mm. um, offer that, like Petco, gotcha. that kind of thing. But this pet insurance included in our auto insurance, and you never would think about this, oh. is if, let's say, you're traveling in your car with your dog, and yeah. there's an auto accident. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. your dog is injured. Yeah, or even killed. I mean, yes. Yeah. So um, our auto policy wow. does include some pet insurance for passengers, our furring oh, friend passengers. Oh, that's huge right now because we're so many pet owners in our country right yes. now. And I know from estate planning and divorce, like people really consider them a family member, but then the law considers them an object. Right. So it's not the same yes. as how you feel about your pet and how the law treats your pet. So that and, makes sense. And think of how expensive pet bills are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that product. Yeah, so. I had a client that actually had just gone to pick up a, a baby kitten. I think they were going to give it as a gift to their mm-hmm. daughter or whatever. And um, on the way home, they got in an auto accident, and it killed the kitten. Oh, no, that's the saddest thing ever. So, I mean, luckily, they hadn't oh, given it to their daughter but yet. That's the but that's saddest <laughs> thing ever. I might want to take it so, out. <laughs> I guess well, it's so you sad. can if you want to. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, but it, maybe it's a good reminder. I mean, yeah. we talk about death in here all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll just... Yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I'm upset. But that's okay. Yeah, that's a sad story, but mm. it is a good reminder about how important insurance is because we don't like to think about bad things happening, and they no. do. They totally yeah. do. And things that you wouldn't think about. You yeah, know? I never would have thought about that. That, that yeah. the, the insurance policies might offer coverage for yeah. that maybe two years ago they didn't or five years ago they didn't. Well, and it reminds me of um, there's a website for when you watch a movie if the dog dies. Because, like, it doesn't really matter if they kill a bunch of people in a movie. But, like, nobody wants to watch a (laughs) movie (laughs) where the dog dies. So I just thought that was interesting. But, yeah, that's super sad. (laughs) So um, talking about movies, um, we always have kind of a joke of the day. And so we had to come up with a tagline in a business group. And I said... I am the divorce Jedi because divorce is strong with this one. <laughs> so that's my joke of the day. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a pun. I love and it. then um, to jump over from that, we're going to talk about our next podcast. We think it will address victims' rights. So, Melissa, this is not your area of expertise necessarily, but you do deal with people who are the victims of maybe a crime, like maybe someone without automobile insurance for example hits them that's always a bad one but what are your thoughts on victims rights just weighing in as a regular person who's not an expert in victims rights yeah um obviously it's it's very very important um i don't think that i think a lot of times victims 
just sit silent mm-hmm. or they don't want to cause a ruckus. Mm-hmm. You know, they're already hurt. They're already impacted by whatever this crime, particular yeah. crime is. And they maybe just don't even know how to navigate. Like, what's the next steps? Because yeah. mentally, maybe they're so impacted um, from the situation that happened. Yeah, like they might just be in shock. And then um, people might not know that you have a victim's advocate at the district attorney's office, like, for example, Jefferson County or Arapahoe County, whatever county. Your district attorney who's prosecuting the case, they're not your attorney. They're representing the state of Colorado, and you're a witness as a victim. But not only do they have victims advocates that are easier to get in touch with them and they'll help usher you through the process and maybe even go to court with you, but they also might have a victim's fund that can pay for things like a domestic violence. Maybe you can change your locks or if you are a victim of a violent crime, maybe they'll pay for your therapy. And there's all sorts of things that Colorado offers up. I don't know if people know that, but I do know that criminal issues come up all the time in my cases sometimes my clients are accused of a crime sometimes my clients are a victim of a crime and um, just to throw out there that those resources are available yeah I don't think that I really knew that until recently and it was actually one of my clients who uh, their wife committed suicide in their Mm. home Mm. and um, they were able to find some resources for counseling and healing and that kind of thing that's good through the county that they lived in so super important especially with all the you know mental stress and anxiety and stuff that we have going on in our day and age (laughs) I feel like we're in the aftershock of the pandemic like the pandemic we were in shock and now people sometimes I think Mm. there's a lot of stress there's a lot of people that just are on edge and maybe it's the aftershock of, yeah, that was a really tough time. We kind of forget how serious it was. And then now we're just kind of trying to go back to normal, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah. 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 So I have noticed that a lot, that there's just that kind of edge. That's a good analogy, aftershock. (laughs) Yeah. It took me a while to kind of figure that out, but I'm like, what's going on here? I always take it personally, like, oh, everyone's being mean to me. Is kind of how I take things originally because, mm-hmm. you know, we think about our own experience. Yeah. I'm like, why is everyone mad at me? What am I doing so wrong? And then mm-hmm. later you realize, no, a lot of people from clients to even judges are under so much pressure. Law enforcement, just every job. Teachers under so much pressure now. Yeah. And they're just on edge. It's yep. just a different time. And I hope it passes, that this too shall pass and we'll have... <laughs> peace that's what I'm focusing on for next year for myself personally is just that I think we could use a time of peace and it'll be exciting to talk about victims rights which I'm sure we will in an upcoming podcast so thanks for weighing in on that before we take off is there anything you wanted to mention about your contact information yes um, I'd love the opportunity just to if you don't have insurance currently with American Family Insurance I would love the opportunity just to look at your policies. I am a no-nonsense, not salesy type of person. I want the best for customers and consumers. And so if I feel like what you have, if I look at your policies and I feel like what you have is sufficient or better than I can offer, um, I'll tell you to stay put. And uh, so yes, my website is www.melissadalmanbabers.com. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A 
D as in David, A H L M A N, Babers, B as in boy, A B as in boy, E R S dot com. Um, or you can reach out to me um, at 303-457-8495. Mention this podcast with Beth Anderson. Press option number one to get to me directly. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And my personal cell phone is 303 303- 808-4794. I've been giving it out for a very long time and I haven't really had it blow up on me. I'm always happy to give a free consultation, especially if you listened all the way to the end of the podcast. I'd love to give you a free consultation on all of these issues and how insurance issues play into your life, be it a divorce or the death of a loved one or just deciding what you want to do to prepare for things that might come down the pike. Um, we also do like prenuptial agreements and things that are helping people get set up for the future. So um, I just think this is the culture we live in. We have to ensure things. We may not like it, but when you need it, it's nice to have. And I'm sure all of us have put in a claim eventually. Yes. And, you know, or gone to the doctor. We're glad to have it. So just one more reminder that families change form things that we don't want to happen happen it's not the end of the world it might feel like the end of the world when you're going through it because it's the end of your world as you know it and i really do use a car accident as an analogy for things like divorce because you didn't want it you didn't plan for it but then it passes on in time and you're back in a car driving and for a while it's shaky and you don't want to do it and then later you forget that you were ever even in a car accident same with a family issue it's horrible you don't get those years back it can be very painful but you'll move on and i like to think that you're not just breaking up you're breaking upward thanks for joining us 